shotglassdigital.com. From Tops comes the all-new digital card collecting app, Star Wars Card Trader. Collect and trade everything from legendary 1977 Star Wars cards to new cards featuring exclusive content from Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, all from the comfort of your mobile device. Star Wars Card Trader. These are the cards you're looking for. Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. Please visit harrys.com and use the promo code RFR to save $5 off your first purchase. Rebel Force Radio is brought to you in part by Little Debbie Snacks, bakers of all galactic goodness. Little Debbie, official snack of Rebel Force Radio, Rancho Obi-Wan, and fans around the galaxy. DorksideToys.com. For the latest Star Wars action figures, Marvel, G.I. Joe, and more, visit DorksideToys.com. Well, just when you thought it was safe to go back online, we have another Star Wars controversy regarding the uh, Princess Leia bikini. Don't look now. Here comes Amy Schumer on the cover of GQ wearing the iconic golden two-piece and a whole lot less, actually, uh, later on in the magazine, if you flip. I I read GQ for the articles. Oh, of course. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Plus, um, this is a bonus show. We promised you last week we would be back. And, and here we are because we had so much to talk about in the aftermath of San Diego Comic-Con and the incredible uh, Force Awakens panel. We've got more highlights. We'll share with those, uh, share those with you. And um, because we got to get to the big three. The big three, of course, spoiler alert, uh, all make an appearance. We'll talk about that. And then we'll also catch up with Steel Saunders. A friend of ours and our, uh, uh, I guess, official correspondent, at least for SDCC 2015. He was there in the room, there in Hall H. So we'll get firsthand account of what it was like to be there, to camp out all the crazy shenanigans that went on uh, leading up to that uh, incredible moment. And then uh, the surprise concert and all that great stuff afterwards. Um, but, yeah, I want uh, I guess we should do introductions uh, before I get into my Amy Schumer uh, mode, yeah. Uh, introduce my uh, my partner in crime, my good friend and yours from Chicago, here on the bonus show, Jimmy Mack. Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fans. Yeah, what day is it? It's Monday. Oh, it's time to go back to work day. Well, at least you got us with you, so you could take a little Star Wars with you to work. Of course, as Jason said, we couldn't contain all of our. San Diego Comic-Con coverage to just one show. So if you haven't heard it already, go back and listen to our previous episode that was released last Friday. And that includes the first half of our San Diego Comic-Con conversation. We break down the incredible Force Awakens behind the scenes reel shot by shot. 
And uh, we also uh, have a, a little rant about the, uh, the Slave Leia action figure controversy that came up out of nowhere in the Philadelphia area. But, uh, Jason, as you said, there's just something about the Slave Leia bikini lately that is, is setting the world on fire and, and sometimes in not the best way. Not in a good way. Not not in the same way as it did when I was eight years old. I... <laughs> or when they, they paid tribute to that amazing, iconic piece of wardrobe on the Friends show. On Friends, uh, we've had Olivia Munn. We've had, uh, of course, um, uh, well, the Disney princess herself. Uh, who am I thinking from Frozen? Um, who was in Fanboys wearing the? Oh, Kristen uh, Bell. Uh, Kristen Bell. Yes. Uh, I mean, we've had so many um, notable celebrities after uh, Carrie Fisher don that bikini, but now it's somehow politically incorrect. It's definitely going in that direction. It it is. So there, the GQ, the latest issue, um, has comedian. Do you, let's see. Do you, so do you call the female comedians comedians? Comedian, yeah, yeah. Or is that that's probably politically incorrect? Because I noticed that you no longer. It's not as popular to call actresses actresses. They're actors. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. they're all actors. Yes, yes. As, yeah. as, as we move closer towards a genderless society where we're all going to be just a bunch of asexual huts slithering around in our <laughs> own grease. Yeah, right. We are going to be like huts. We can, we can, yeah, we can do that ourselves, right? And that that's what they do. They can. They're asexual. That's what they yeah, do. Yeah. Well, anyway, so so Amy Schumer, uh, cover of GQ, wearing the gold bikini. And in fairness, there's a. It's that's one photo. There's a number of photos. There's a. There's a shot of Amy riding around in the back of a. Uh, looks like a limousine with a Chewy, three uh, PO, and uh, Yoda, and she's texting. She's wearing. Uh, Leia's uh, a new hope gear, the the white robe with the hood. Um, later, she's um, again in the gold bikini, and she has a lightsaber in her mouth in a suggestive way. Wow! Yeah, and then um, she's topless in the uh, in a no, whoa, oh, 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 Star Wars parodies. <laughs> oh, that was my cat. That wasn't even me. I swear, it was my cat. My yeah. cat jumping up it's here. It's like, oh, this. <laughs> you said topless, and then I hear a blaster shoot off. I was like, whoa, <laughs> hold on. We, this is a long evening here. Let's not. Yeah, now here's this is an interesting thing. So, so we've got Amy Schumer uh, topless in bed with a cigarette. Now, you don't get any more politically incorrect than a cigarette. I mean, that's that yeah. is that's the worst. That is the that's the lowest form. But anyway, so three PO, three PO is holding a. Um, oh, this cat's driving me crazy. Stay down. Three uh, PO is holding a. What do you call the little? It's like a a little blowtorch. Yeah, blowtorch. And R two is in bed with them, and he's got his restraining bolt. And and Amy Schumer is kind of uh, suggestively uh, stroking R uh, two's restraining bolt. And. Uh, then there's a shot of them kind of all in a bar, like a biker bar. And Amy's once again in the, the not the slave Leia, but in the A New Hope Leia with the buns, uh, dancing on top of the bar with 3PO, Chewie, and R2. 
Uh, there's later, she's doing a kick line with a bunch of stormtroopers. That looks like what, you know, didn't William Shatner do that? <laughs> yeah, that's right, at the uh, AFI tribute to George Lucas. Right. So anyway, this started a big uh, furor online about, oh, boy, did Lucasfilm, did Disney know about this? Hey, did Lucasfilm know, know about this? I was, uh, I was kind of uh, in that camp. I mean, I didn't take to the internet or something, but when I saw him, especially the, the shot with the lightsaber in her mouth, I was like, oh, man, I, there's no way Lucasfilm could have signed off on this. Well, apparently they didn't. Um, Lucasfilm made a statement. Let's see if I can pull it up here. Uh, again, speculation was that because, Jim, I mean, what we were talking about was that these are very, I mean, this isn't like, um, you know, something that looks like 3PO or looks like R2. I mean, these are very, you know, obviously very true reproductions of those characters. Um, so it looked like maybe there was some cooperation. But Lucasfilm... Well, we know what cosplayers can do. Well, sure, and R2 builders and all that stuff. Or you just go to... What, Master Replicas, I think, has the big life-sized 3PO and R2 that you could just buy, right? <laughs> Are they posable? <laughs> Are they fully functional? You have to ask Amy Schumer. Are they fully functional? Well, um, one would think. Yeah. Now, here's the... Uh, official statement from Lucasfilm. It's not surprising that GQ would want to capitalize on the cultural cachet of Star Wars, but Lucasfilm and Disney did not authorize, participate in, or condone the inappropriate use of our characters in this manner. Well, thank God. So, thank God we, we got the official word uh, on that. But I, yeah. knew, I knew it couldn't be possible that they would have signed off on that. Well, well why? Let well, me, let well, me you know what that's why. That because here, here's look, why. Here's why. Everyone's being so precious about this. I know. This now. I know. But here's why. And am I the only one that remembers? You know, the Family Guy special. Yeah, I know. Right? I know. That's true. But that was that was a that was a different company back then. That was before Lucasfilm was sold to Disney. And we're talking about character integrity a lot these days and about how Disney is really policing that stuff. So with that in mind, that's come to the forefront of, of my brain when I see these pictures like this, thinking, you know, the, the days of the family guy and, and that pedophile Obi-Wan Kenobi they had and, uh, and, and all Which that. Which you were on record as saying made you a little uncomfortable. It made me very uncomfortable. Um, you know, I, here's the thing. When you make the connection of Star Wars and Disney, that's when this kind of stuff is, is, is very uh, 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 deviant, you know? It's very... Uh, it, it, it's, it, it, they would never sign off on this. Let's just say, could you imagine Amy posing with, say, Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck in a suggestive way like this? I don't, I don't know how, how Disney would ever let that fly. And in this article that I'm looking at, uh, written by Entertainment Weekly's uh, Anthony Bresnikan, he says that uh, there may not be any legal action to take since parody is protected speech. But, um, well, sure. I mean, how is this different than, you know, something Saturday Night Live might do? But I, I think, you know, GQ might be shooting themselves in the foot considering that... No, because everyone's talking about GQ. Well, well that's, that's one thing. But then when it comes time to cover the film and there are media junkets being held at Skywalker Ranch, 
or in L.A. to promote The Force Awakens, I'm sure GQ is not going to be seeing an invite in their mailbox. Well, you know, you, you, that's an interesting thought because I was about to say, well, when's the last time GQ covered Star Wars? But um, don't forget, it wasn't that long ago that um, Adam Driver was on the cover of GQ wearing a very Han Solo-esque outfit, if you remember. True. I, I believe this, that interview was not Star Wars in nature. I think they made no, but well, no, it wasn't. But it was right it. after it, it was confirmed that he was in the movie. But that so that's not necessarily a Star Wars feature. No, 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 no. I'm I'm making a point to agree with you that they are jeopardizing their access once this movie comes out. I mean, d- let's not forget it's not just GQ; it's a Condé Nast company. There's a number of publications under the Condé Nast umbrella. So you know there could be you know the, that that whole empire could be could find themselves on the outs. But at the same time. Even the mouse knows there's no such thing as bad publicity. And this has got everybody talking Star Wars. It's got everybody talking Amy Schumer, who's got a big movie out right now with LeBron James and Bill Hader. Had its premiere here in Akron, Ohio, if you can believe it, home of LeBron James. Yeah, of course, Amy Schumer's train wreck opened over the weekend, uh, opened strongly with $30.2 million, not enough to beat Marvel's Ant-Man, which... Debuted with an estimated fifty-eight million, but I gotta say, uh, Trainwreck was a pretty funny flick. It, it had a lot of heart, even though it was extremely raunchy. Definitely not recommended for our younger listeners, but it's a good flick for couples. And Amy is extremely likable in it, and LeBron is, believe it or not, hilarious in the flick. We, we and so it's got people talking Star Wars. The movie. I think that a lot of this stuff is posturing. I think that they all know that uh, all roads lead to more magazine sales, more curiosity, more tickets sold to the movie. Um, but, but what bothers me is, is not so much that. It's the fan reaction to this. There, there is a, there's, a, there's an outrage about this, and it's right on the heels of the, of the dad in Philly bemoaning the fact that he had to try to find some way to explain the uh, Leia in the uh, slave bikini uh, to his to his daughters. It's like, my God, man, watch the movie. Um, It's only been around for like 30 some years. Uh, So right on the heels of that, I just feel like this, uh, you know, everybody is just so sensitive these days. So sensitive. I, I don't know what what is where people's personal constitutions are that they allow their emotional lives to be dictated by just random acts of things that are supposed to be funny or whatever. I just, I don't know. I just, it's ama- it's It's no wonder to me you've got comedians like Jerry Seinfeld and Chris Rock going on record saying that they don't play college campuses anymore because uh, the younger generation, I sound like old codger, Who would would have ever thought that the old generation would say that the younger generation has no sense of humor, takes themselves too seriously? Uh, You know, the world's upside down. But that's what, you know, Chris Rock and Jerry Seinfeld are saying. They're like, oh, we don't do college campuses anymore because these kids, they don't find anything funny. So do you find these images of Amy Schumer posing in sexually suggestive ways with R2 and 3PO? Do you find that to be funny? 
Yes, actually, I do. I thought it was funny, <laughs> and I'm not. And I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm certainly not offended. Now, Lucasfilm themselves said in their statement that um, they considered this to be the inappropriate use of Star Wars characters. Do you agree with that? Oh, do I think that it's inappropriate? Yes. I do. I think it's irreverent. Yes. Inappropriate. Not really. Ooh, God. Not, not 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 inappropriate for the for the publication. It's a men's magazine. It's a men's lifestyle magazine. Uh, no, I don't think so. Any more than it was, you know, inappropriate for, like we said, the Family Guy special. Maybe some things that you see on uh, Robot Chicken or just watch Saturday Night Live anytime, and you're going to see all kinds of crazy stuff. Here's what I fear the most out of something like this getting too far out of hand is the uh, the way that you know what rolls down the hill okay you see this happening and obviously not lucasfilm approved obviously not lucasfilm owned costumes you know obviously they own the likeness of 3po and r2 but they don't necessarily own these costumes that are featured in the uh, photo shoot or the R2. You know, we have the R2 builders. We have talented cosplayers all over the world. So that's what makes me worry is the fact that there are so many people out there walking around wearing the costumes representative of Star Wars characters. And, you know, they can do anything they want and appear on nationally publicated magazine front covers posing any way they want as these characters. Uh, Is there going to be a line drawn? Are we going to see freedoms for cosplayers start to shrink? That's what makes me worry. Hmm. Because I tell you what, I I was more offended by uh, that, that Malakili rancor keeper coming up the escalator at celebration (laughs) than I was Amy Schumer. (laughs) That was offensive. Well, he was authentic. (laughs) (laughs) He sure was. He sure was. Well, I've seen I've seen big hairy dudes wearing the uh, the gold bikini, and that's offensive (laughs) to some. But I'm not going to. I certainly wouldn't tell him that he can't do it. Right, right. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. I mean, look, I'm not saying I'm not suggesting that you don't have a right to have an opinion about this one way or the other. But to me, it's it's this. It's just this constant drumbeat of outrage and offense. Every day, it's something new, and that when it and when it involves Star Wars, you know, I I have to speak up. I just, I just, um, you know, I went on record. You know, you know, you can go back into the archives of uh, of our podcast exploits here, and you can find me saying, "Yeah, I thought the hyperspace hoopla was really stupid." I just thought it was a inappropriate. I might have even used that word inappropriate, but I thought it was just you know that there's there was something sacred about those characters, and Darth Vader shouldn't be made to be some you know uh, beatboxing uh, dancing clown out there. Uh, you know, one of the most iconic villains of in movie history. So you know, I, I guess I can't say that it offended me to the extent that these people are offended. I just can't believe this. How dare she? 
<laughs> and there are people getting all, you know, offsides about her weight. Oh, well, and no, crap no, like no, that no, and getting no, all no, personal. No, and, no, no. No, I just, you know, we're better than that, Star Wars a, fans. We are better than that. She's a very talented and beautiful young woman and should not be attacked by any way, shape, or form because she was just going along with the program, you know? So, uh, all right. She probably showed up to that GQ shoot. They're like, hey, here's what we're going to do, Amy. And she probably said, cool. I right. love, she probably said, I love Star Wars. Let's do it. Yeah, I, I, I've never understood, like, what's the angle of this photo shoot? Why have Amy pose with R2 and 3PO? What's the connection? I don't get it. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I don't have the... I actually have a digital subscription to GQ, and I don't have this issue yet. I've seen the, I've seen the photos, obviously. Um, so I haven't read the story. Um, I don't think the story is even out there. I don't think it comes out until today, Monday. So, oh, so it's out. It's out today. Yeah. Okay. Now uh, there's a video. Oh, there's a video. See, I haven't seen this. This is new. This is on the GQ website. There's probably more to this, but I, I, I think um, as far as why, I think that uh, Disney and their statement or Disney and Lucasfilm and their statement, you know, nailed it. Of course, they everybody wants a part of a piece of Star Wars right now. It's hot. Star Wars is as hot as it's ever been. And, uh, you know, people are glomming on. Well, here's the video, how Amy Schumer got into bed with Star Wars. This should explain our, uh, uh, the answers to our questions here. I R2-D2. Oh, jeez. I uh, Whoa. All right, I don't think she's going to talk yeah, about Star Wars. I don't think Wars. she's going to get to any of that. <laughs> she goes, <laughs> she goes, right, perhaps we'll never know why. But I'm sure when the magazine comes out and the article, they'll, they'll, they'll talk about this. But I think that, again, that it was uh, clearly a, a publicity thing. I mean, it's going to look. Does Star Wars sell magazines? You put Star Wars on the cover? Of course. Of course it's going to sell. Yeah. Anyway, I, 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 that's, I, I think we've exhausted it. But I did think that it was interesting that uh, the dominoes, dominoes continue to fall in this, in this whole thing. And uh, wait, this just in, TV Land has pulled... The episode of Friends. No. Where Rachel, yeah, right here, TV Land will no longer show this episode in syndication. What? Nick at night. You gotta be kidding me. Yep, due to, yep, due to complaints. No, I'm telling I'm telling oh, you. Oh, my God. <laughs> you oh. believed it. That's the scary part. You got me. I have good news for you, my lord. That's good news. Come closer, I have good news. You believed it. You thought that uh, that could be. You're like, I don't doubt anything now. Uh, well, hey, man, the beat of the drum is playing a certain tune these days. So, That's... yeah, I thought that could have really been a, a legit thing. You were, God, my heart stopped. Hey, before we jump back into the uh, the highlights from the Force Awakens panel at San Diego Comic-Con, we, we, we've got to talk about this. Uh it is official that the follow-up anthology film to Rogue One will be a Han Solo film. Now, this is, of course, not a huge surprise. If you've been listening to this program or following the rumor mill, you know that that's been uh, long talked about. Um, but it sounds like it, or it is certainly official. They've already uh, tapped Christopher Miller and Phil Lord to direct. They're the duo that... Um, directed the Lego movie, and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, 21 Jump Street, and 22 Jump Street. So they, um, 
there they there they are. They got the big. They got the gig. Teamwork. 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 Yeah, team. Team. Uh, but the the big story, I think, the bigger story is that the screenplay is written by Lawrence Kasdan and his son John. Interesting. Kasdan. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. So uh, John and uh, and Larry, as we know him now after Comic Con, um, writing the story. These two guys are very talented guys. I loved the Lego movie. I thought it was brilliant. I thought the live action stuff was just as brilliant as the animated stuff. I've not seen the Jump Street movies. Um, Me neither. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, the, or the meatballs thing. Well, it could have but been. I saw Lego. Hey, that I, was good. I saw the meatballs. And that was a oh, good Oh, you did film. see meatballs. That, yeah, and that was a good film. Um, the Jump Street, you have to assume if, if they brought him back for the sequel. They must have done a pretty good job, so uh, you know we'll just we'll, we'll uh, tip the hat to them there. I love the idea of a Han Solo standalone film. I have the same reservations anyone else has. How are you going to do it without Harrison Ford? <laughs> because obviously this is an anthology film. It's going to be an origin story, so you're going to have to cast a younger actor. I hear the name Chris Pratt being thrown out there a lot because he is the flavor of the month. Let's just face it. But you don't know. you feel like he's still too old? He, yes, I mean, yes, 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 old? Do. How old do you think Han is supposed to be when we meet him in A New Hope? Well, I, I think he's about, he's approaching his mid-30s. So maybe Oh, about, really? Yeah. I see. I think he's like just hitting his 30s, like maybe just, just 30. Or I maybe believe- he's like... Um, yeah, yeah, I think early 30s. Well, that, that could be in a new I wouldn't say mid-30s. That know, seems a little old. I base it on the uh, Topps Empire Strikes Back trading card of Han Solo <laughs> from 1980, which, uh-huh. I mean, what, what was odd about this trading card set, it had individual cards to represent the key players in the film. I think they called them like Force Files or something like that. And you'd flip it over and there'd be information about them. And for each character, it had their age which I found really? fascinating. And I believe they gave Han Solo the age of 34 at the start of Empire Strikes Back. Okay. All right. All right, let's go with that. Let's say 34. Well, I, you know what? If this is an origin story, I think you have to go much younger because... I by- agree. That's my thing. I mean, would a Chris Pratt make a reasonable Han Solo around the time of Star Wars? Yeah. But, yeah. I, you know, not not how he became the smuggler. No, I think you got to be looking for a guy in his early 20s. And there's there's a reason for this. I think you got to give Han the history he deserves before he meets Luke and Ben in the cantina. Because Han said it himself, he's flown from one side of this galaxy to the other and he's seen a lot of strange things. We want to see a lot of that stuff. So I have... Five, my top five things I need to see from a Han Solo anthology film. Okay? All right. I'm ready. All right. And this is in no particular order. All right. The first thing I wrote down was meeting Chewie for the first time. We have, to see, we have to see how Han and Chewie met. Now, of course, according to Expanded Universe legend, that... Um, uh, Han was an imperial officer who came across Chewbacca, who was being held in slavery by the Empire. And, I believe Han was a cadet, right, and right. a really good one too. And <laughs> <laughs> and well, he's Han Solo, and um, and so he freed Chewie from slavery. And because of that, the two of them had to escape. They had to run for their lives, thus ending Han's imperial career. Now. 
I don't know if we're necessarily going to see Han as that Imperial cadet, but I do believe we're going to see Chewie enslaved based on what we've seen from Star Wars Rebels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all, right, all, right, all right, so that's number one. That's, that, that's number one in no okay. particular order. Okay. Uh, the right. second thing I wrote down, winning the Falcon from Lando. We oh, I, I was that. hoping you were going to say Lando. we got to have Lando in this. We have to have some history between Han and Lando, and we have to have that moment when Han scores the Falcon. We have to have that. Uh, you could end the movie there. No. Han that's and Chewie not, that taken is, off in the fact. No? No, that's not where I would end the all right. movie at all. All right. Okay. Well, let's get through your list because maybe you, you hit on that. Oh, I do. All right. All right. Um, something Number we three. need to see from a Han Solo origin story is Han making the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. Yes. And I believe that might actually tie into his freeing Chewie from slavery. I think they're on the run from the, the Empire, and he has to make the castle run in less than 12 parsecs, or he's toast. We'll see. We'll Interesting. see. Uh, number, some, number four. Number four. We need to see evidence of a longtime rivalry with Boba Fett. We need to see some sort of early interaction between the two. To <clears throat> no, you don't want that. You don't well, want I, I, that? I don't think it's a prerequisite because... The only rivalry that there is is that the Fet Man is a bounty hunter that works for Jabba the Hutt. Han owes Jabba money. That, that's the history. I don't see why people have invented and concocted this um, long history between the two of them. There's no more of a history between those two necessarily than him and Dengar or him and and Greedo. Okay, hold on now. I, I've thought this out. Okay. And you're, right. you're, you're, at, you're, you're going right down the, 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 the correct path here because okay. the thing that I think is going to be the last thing we should see in a Han Solo anthology film would be the moment... When Han jettisons Jabba's spice shipment before being boarded by Imperials. That will be the thing that will send Han off into hiding. He will be laying low at the end of the film because he can't go back to Jabba. So it's all going to kind of tie in. Yeah, but why would he, why would he be on Tatooine if he's hiding from Jabba? Okay, well, you know, um, the movie isn't out yet. But but I like that. But I think that um, I actually think that it's. I don't know that he's in hiding from Jabba. I think he's stalling. I think he's he's hanging around that cantina waiting for a job because he want. I think he wants to pay Jabba back. I think that he needs to pay Jabba back. Um, he needs his. I think for a couple of reasons. But one is for his reputation. As a smuggler, he can't have Jabba going out saying, hey, don't hire this cat because he's going to drop your spice the first sign of an Imperial fighter. So, like, Jabba goes on to, like, you know, um, uh, what's that website where you rate things? Um, Yelp. He goes on to Yelp and well, like, <laughs> gives Han Solo a really poor rating. Or, or, or Amy's List or whatever. The, <laughs> what is that called? <laughs> Angie's List. Are you looking for a smuggler? <laughs> so those are my top five things. I have also as a bonus, uh, I want to see him use the hidden floor panels on the Falcon to smuggle something other than himself. 
You know, I, I actually would like, I'd like to see them end it with him and Chewie settling in the cantina. Like, it doesn't have to lead up to that moment, but I would like to see by the end of the movie, the cantina sort of becoming their, uh, their hangout. Yeah, their headquarters, their, yeah. their, their like business office. You know, and they like maybe reluctantly come back to Tatooine because they have nowhere else to go. And yeah. so Han's just going to, you know, he'll settle up with Jabba. And so word has gotten to Jabba that Han is back in Moss Eisley and he's kicking around the cantina. And maybe Jabba tried to handle it and, you know, in a, a decent way by saying, Han, just, you know, come on back here. You're a great smuggler, but you, you got to pay me back. Give me your ship or something. He's probably putting a lot of pressure on He is. And, and uh, I think you got guys like Greedo keeping an eye on him. They're making sure he doesn't take off and leave. You know, as soon as Han gets up and is ready to go, there's Greedo right in his right face. Right there, yeah. That might be saying, a, where are you going? That could be a common occurrence. You know, right. maybe Han has to deal with Jabba's thugs all the time. All the time. They're, they're, they're guarding him. Yeah, yeah. It's like when, like when the FBI is, is trailing a mobster, you know? And yeah, like, that's right. They're just like always that's around, right. and the mobster's like, hey, good morning, boys. Like in Goodfellas, yeah. you know, Robert De Niro's <laughs> dropping off coffee and donuts to the guy. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. But then he ices poor Greedo. Um. And Jabba's not all that upset, and he lets Han go, but he's got that show of force there um, in the hangar saying, hey, I'm letting you out of here. You got this charter. You got this gig. Then you're going to pay me back, right? It's all good. You know, I, like the, I like the idea of Han dumping the spice and looking at Chewie like, eh, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> exactly. But I'm pretty excited about this if it actually could be something that would lead us right up to the beginning of A New Hope. I think that would be great. Um, I well, think- you know, if you think about it, Jim, think about what Rogue One is about to do. So Rogue One is about to show how the Death Star plans end up in the hands of the Rebels. Major setup to Episode Four. You got a Han Solo origin story, potentially major setup to episode four. Do you think what they're doing with this first wave of anthology films is all a lead up to episode four? Could be. Could be. Yeah, maybe just filling in some of those uh, those uh, dark period times there. I think uh, our buddy Paul it. Bateman called these tweakwels. Yeah, the tweakwels, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, the, the, yeah, the, yeah, the tweener tweakwels uh that would be uh that would be appropriate for these films i i think they're definitely gonna fill in a lot of uh a lot of blanks and i think everything on that list the, the of five things i'd like to see in the film i think they all have to be I, I i like i like all of them except uh the the boba feud uh, boba feud I, I just don't think it's necessary. Everything else, totally necessary mm. that the movie is slated already for a may twenty fifth two thousand eighteen release so we got we got a little bit of time to talk about it is there anything from the list i'm missing okay um who's that who's that babe in the cantina hanging with him right right well she never made the final cut she didn't but it would but it would be kind of fun to see him meet her maybe yeah maybe some some uh romantic interest for han would be cool uh maybe a visit to corellia finally would be there something on board for this film. Uh, you know, there's so many different things. If, if 
you can think of something out in the listening audience that we didn't mention, give us an email, show at rebelforceradio.com. All right, before we uh, continue, we do want to take a moment and thank Harry's. Harry's.com. Are you a man? Do you shave? These are very personal questions. <laughs> well, in today's day and age, uh, are you offended? No, are you a man? Or do you shave for so many of us, guys and girls? Uh, shaving is a big pain. It sucks. It's uncomfortable. You get nicks. You get cuts. You get scrapes. You get razor bumps. You get razor burn. Not to mention you pay an arm and a leg for the pleasure. Here comes Harry's, experts in shaving. You get a better shave, respects your face and your wallet. You don't have to deal with the crap blades that you get at the grocery store, the drug store. It's, uh, they're delivered right to your doorstep. I mean, how, how, how great is that? So here's what you get. You get a starter set for $15. You'll get a really nice razor. You get some moisturizing shave cream and three razor blades. And that's your, that, that, that'll kick you off. And then you can keep that razor because guess what? The Harry's blades, they're always going to fit. You're always going to be able to get them. And again, right to your front door. You're going to save money. Why pay $32 for an eight-pack of blades when you can, only, when you can get the same for 15 16 bucks at Harry's? The average shaver, if you shave every day, Jim, I, I got a lot of peach fuzz. I, I'm not an everyday shaver. But if you are an everyday shaver, the average guy is going to save 150 bucks. Every year on, on Harry's Blades. How many Star Wars action figures can you buy now for $150? Probably like four or five. Four or five Black Series, yeah. But Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but still, you, you, know, you can, you can um, use that $150 to save up for the next Star Wars celebration. So we'd like you to go to harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, enter the coupon code RFR. You're going to save $5 off that starter set. Uh, so start shaving better today with Harry's, and we thank them for their support of us here at Rebel Force Radio. Rebel Force Radio. Princess Leia in the gold bikini? Oh, every guy our age loved that. It's huge, yeah. That's the moment when, when, you know, she stopped being a princess and she became, like, you know, a woman. Your source for the Force. All right, well, let's do it. We uh, covered a big chunk of the panel from San Diego Comic-Con last uh, last week uh, on friday but we got the rest of it for you so let's uh dig in this is the moment that everybody was waiting for the legacy characters as we know they're being referred to uh coming out on uh, in the panel released one by one announced one by one by host chris hardwick so auntie carrie on deck carrie fisher comes out she is uh Carrie, Auntie Carrie, back on the stage. <laughs> you never know what she's going to say. She was all in all pretty cool, pretty well behaved. She did mention that uh, it was just like it was 30 years ago, except everyone looks a little more melted. Uh, Mark Hamill came out, thunderous applause. Mark having a new beard, which I, I, found, yes. I found very right. interesting. Mark's, Mark Hamill's beard is back. Someone <laughs> tell the Twitter account. So... um so I wonder why Mark grew that beard back. He was so resistant to growing the beard previously. The, the contractually obligated beard. Yeah. He called it. Do you think, knowing how Mark felt about that beard and the fact that he shaved it off the day shooting wrapped, I mean, he wasted no time in cutting that beard off. Well, he had to go shoot um, Kingsman. Oh, is that right? He shot Kingsman so. after The Force Awakens? Do we know that for well, a fact? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe, but he'd been sporting that beard for a long time. 
Ooh, he has yeah. a little kind of yeah. goatee in Kingsman. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe he's growing it for another role, uh, or yeah, episode eight. Well, episode eight isn't going to start shooting till next summer, most likely. Oh, maybe some pickups. That's what I was thinking. Maybe JJ, while he's doing all this fine tuning, realized there was something he missed. Phone rings at Hamill's house. Hey, JJ, I got to grow the beard back again, but it's summertime. <laughs> going to get in my Corvette. <laughs> so um, Corvette summer. Right. That's what it's going for. That, that would be great if they did the sequel to that and also had Mark in a beard. Yeah, directed by J.J. Abrams. <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, so Mark's out there. He's looking good. He's uh, acting excited. He's, he's talking about the impact fans have had on his life and everything. And, uh, and then the moment happens, the moment everyone has been waiting for. The fans packed in Hall H were, were I mean, the, the energy in the room was palpable. And, and it was just building and building until this moment when uh, Chris Hardwick uh, essentially fumbled through his <laughs> intro. <laughs> well, I shouldn't. I, I, see, I'm beating up on Chris Hardwick. I don't mean to do that. But, uh, but uh, here, let's just take you to Hall H. And let's pretend we're there. And just take in the moment when Big Harry comes on stage. JJ, how... So I just... Since... There, how's is Harrison okay? Is has he been okay? Uh, well, why don't we see for ourselves? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Harrison Ford. Thank you. Thank you. From your point of view, walking back onto the set, working with JJ, seeing Millennium Falcon, like what, what did all that feel like again? <laughs> well, it should have felt ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> it was 30, you know, 34 years ago, and, and, <laughs> and I sort of grew up, and, uh, <laughs> and yet here I was uh, uh, doing something I did so long ago, and... I will tell you that it felt great. It felt... I wasn't so sure it would, but uh, the company uh, was the right company. The director was the right uh, director. Uh, Larry wrote us a a wonderful story, and I was uh, proud and grateful to once again be involved. You know... uh, (laughs) <clears throat> this, uh, the original uh, Star Wars that, that I was part of really was uh, the beginning of, uh, of my working life. And uh, I was very, very grateful for the opportunity that I had in that film and for the success of that film. And uh, so it was... Whoops. How come I don't have the rest of it? You still with me? Oh, yeah. All right, hold on. Oh, yeah. I don't have the rest of that clip. 
it, you just all together bring us home. Well, I don't Minutes for the Navic computer to calculate. No, that's not oh, it. that was great. Of course. I mean, grateful for. All right. Oh, yeah. Grateful to once again be involved. You know, uh, <clears throat> this, uh, the original uh, Star Wars that, that I was part of really was uh, the beginning of, uh, of my working life. And uh, I was very, very grateful for the opportunity that I had in that film and for the success of that film. And uh, so it was great to be back. Thank you. So I don't know, Jason, if, if you're hearing it, but I, I'm hearing a little emotion in his voice there. Oh, definitely. I think that, um, you know, I said it years ago that I believe that if Harrison would open himself up to all the love that's out there for him from the Star Wars community, that he might, he might change his tune. And, um, you know, I, I think for all the reasons that he said, look, J.J. Uh, uh, Abrams, uh, the Disney company, um, his, his, his colleagues, his former colleagues, Carrie uh, and, and Mark, uh, the, the whole notion of getting the band back together, plus this, this incredible ensemble of wonderful, new, talented, vibrant, exciting actors, um, I think it was just done right, and it even melted the ice, or I should say, the carbonite uh, of, of of Harrison Ford. And I, I think it's I think it's wonderful. You know, Jim, it was a few years ago that he made his first Comic Con appearance in the support of the John Favreau uh, Cowboys and Aliens. Right. Yeah. And at that point, we said, "Boy, you know, if he thinks the Cowboys and Aliens crowd is happy to see him." Wait till he walks out on stage at a Star Wars celebration, or at something celebrating Star Wars, and um, this was it. And it was it was just great to see. So I think you're right. I think there was a high degree of emotion in him in his voice. And I think the emotion that the crowd was feeding back to him too, because you hear when he gets introed, he walks out. There's a, a big roar of applause, and then he. You know, is there with Mark and Carrie, and he kisses Carrie, and there's another surge. And then they're all just sitting there waiting for the applause to die down. And the audience, it then hits them a third time that they are seeing the reunion of the big three. Yes, yes. And so yes. then there's a really intense surge of screaming and applause there before they, you know, and Harrison says thank you. And then that calms everyone down. But it was it was such an energetic and very appropriately so response to seeing the big three reunited after all these years. After all these years. I, when was the last time all three of them were together? I think maybe for the release of the special edition in 97. Well, I, I have another one. And I don't know if this counts. And I also don't know if it was a Photoshop mashup. <laughs> but the Vanity Fair cover. Yeah, but that's not a public appearance. Or episode three. Um, okay, you're right. It's not a public, a public appearance. appearance. And, of course, um, this is the first appearance of, of the big three at any sort of fan convention. For sure. So, I mean, just, for the, sure. just so that you alone. Did have, you did have Harrison making an appearance at, you know, his the first Star Wars-related appearance in decades was the... 30th anniversary screening of Empire Strikes Back. 
In L.A., yeah. But in the, L.A. But, but the yes, big three was not all there. The three of them, no. this is it. This is it. Probably since the promo tour for Jedi. Yeah. I'm just thinking oh, oh, you said the premiere, the, the premiere of the special edition, I think. Because they never had a proper premiere for the original Star Wars. They never had the red carpet premiere. So that was a big opportunity then to get all the stars together and have them there for a premiere for the, that film because <laughs> they never had it in the past. Um, so now you have the big three on stage. So it's time to get them talking. And it's great because I a, a couple of uh, sequences here I, I put aside uh, – sort of display some of the chemistry that we expect from these three actors. Um, firstly, uh, Mark Carey and Harrison, they talk about what the difference in themes is between the original trilogy and The Force Awakens, and if there is any difference at all. I don't know that it's a, a difference in theme. It's a, it's a development of theme, and it's a, and it's a, a natural progression of the of the. Uh, that has occurred from from the stories that we told in the first three, and uh, uh, a, a, perhaps a uh, you know an emotional rounding of the experience uh, that uh, that we all had in the first three films. I was just glad I didn't have to go to Toshi Station and pick up any power converters. <laughs> <laughs> I've placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion of the memory system of the Zor 2 unit. I don't want to do that again. But I didn't have to. We sort of, uh, we were more grown up this time, I think. It was, yeah. I didn't <laughs> yeah. have to say it'll take a few minutes for the Navi computer to calculate the, the coordinates. <laughs> My favorite. Thank you, Larry. <laughs> uh. <laughs> the, the, uh, the old wounds of dialogue you know that reopening there Mobar uh, cracks up about that he told the story at star wars celebration japan about how he used to drive into work with harrison and that particular line of dialogue was one that was just driving harrison nuts and so one day when they were going to shoot that scene during the entire car ride into the studio harrison was just like repeating that to himself over and over again like some sort of mantra and <laughs> and, and, and and mark heard him say it so many times that it, in that car ride he said he'll never forget the line. If if Harrison didn't <laughs> learn the line, Mark sure did. <laughs> right. Now they're blaming Larry, but Larry didn't write that line. That line is from A New Hope. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not Empire Strikes Back. So uh, that would have been well, the maybe, Hikes. Maybe Harrison was thanking Larry for not placing a line like that in the new film. Oh, I see what you're... Yeah, yeah, you might be right. You might be right. Yeah. So, Thank uh, you, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> so more laughs with the big three, uh, Mark Carey and Harrison. Uh, they're asked about the expectations for their characters in The Force Awakens. Did they have any preconceived notion about where their characters are 30 years later? I thought it was going to be more girly this time, and we would do like a shopping planet and um, facials, very weird laser hair removal, uh, but it turned out differently. So that was okay, too. Mark? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, when uh, you find out that the only woman that you really fell head over heels with is your sister. Yeah. <laughs> Tough. 
you know, it's telling you something. (laughs) So I had a feeling I'd probably wind up like Sir Alec in the first one, living in some igloo out in the desert. In therapy. With just, yeah, in therapy, but with uh, (laughs) just no human contact, just droids. (laughs) You don't think you'd date his first question on a date? You're not my sister, are you? No. Okay, good. Exactly. I want a blood test. <laughs> no, seriously, because that's, I mean, we all laugh about it, but can you, when you follow it through, that must have been quite the traumatic experience <laughs> for, for my character. You know what I'm saying? Because we were both after her in, in... I know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many times can I say I'm sorry? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, that's great because they're filling in a blank there. You know that after the Ewok party had ended and the bonfire had been snuffed out and uh, the, the, there was probably a sequence where Luke and Han were <laughs> aside <laughs> and uh, there, there were some notes being passed back and forth. So so when did you find out that you guys were brother and sister? When did you know exactly? And how come nobody told me about this? Uh, no, Han, I didn't know. Did you tell Luke? Is that how you could tell? Because <laughs> he does. So there, that had to have had there. There had to have been that awkward conversation between the two of them. And I think that that moment there at the San Diego Comic Con is as close as we're ever going to get. But you never know. Maybe in the Force Awakens, there's another sit down. Well, you used to kiss her. <laughs> so uh, then, you know, the the question gets asked of Harrison, and uh, in our final clip, our final highlight from the San Diego Comic Con Star Wars: The Force Awakens panel, we have Harrison Ford uh, revealing uh, that he, thinking about Han Solo, hasn't exactly been on the forefront of his mind over the years. Uh, no, it never occurred to think about it because I never expected uh, that it would uh, come back uh, to bless me rather than haunt me. It was, uh, <laughs> I, I never thought that we would do another, and, uh, and it was only, um, <clears throat> you know, the, it, the, I was very gratified uh, when I read the script because I, I read something that I thought was uh, really remarkable, really uh, well, well written, and uh, with some very intriguing uh, developments. And uh, so I was delighted to be involved, and I was uh, very happy to be uh, uh, part of this part of the uh, story and the, and the cast again. And that all that is uh, feels very sincere to me. I, yeah. I I don't think. And you know, Jim, I the one thought that I kept having, you know, throughout watching the the video of this panel, uh, which is available online. You have to search for it a little bit. There's not been an a, official release from Lucasfilm or Comic Con, but there is, you know, definitely some some media outlets that had the permission to to shoot this, and. Um, Truly, the one thing that that kept coming back to me was uh, that this was really supposed to happen at Celebration. This reunion of the three of them was supposed to happen at Celebration, but with Harrison's injury and the 
you know, the, 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 the plane crash and all of that. It didn't. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Kathleen Kennedy did say on stage that Harrison wanted to be here. He would have been here. And I, I she wasn't just blowing smoke. She was telling the truth. Right. Right. Rebel Force Radio. The Force is strong with this one. Your source for the Force. All right. Well, that was just a great review of all these audio highlights from the uh, Force Awakens panel. Jason, I feel like I was there. I do, too. I do, too. Actually, we're going to be, in just a moment, we're going to have Steel Saunders with us. And Steel was actually there. So he's going to kind of give us a sense of what it was. We, you heard what was said, but Steel's going to be uh, here to kind of round it out and tell us what it felt like to actually be there in the crowd. But first! But first, I want to talk about something that crowd could have used to kill some time while they were waiting in line all day to get into Hall H and the uh, Star Wars Force Awakens panel. Something that I've been using to uh, not only kill time, but I've just been really enjoying it. It's the Star Wars Card Trader app from Tops. It's awesome. I know so many Star Wars fans who are using it. And uh, what it is is a digital card trading app. The uh, Star Wars card trader. For the first time ever, you can collect and trade everything from the legendary 1977 Star Wars cards to new cards featuring exclusive content from Star Wars The Force Awakens and much more. Uh, Just this week, Jason, Series 2 became available. So uh, new white cards, red cards, blue cards available. Uh, there's, uh, there's a new insert this week, which has uh, really lit a lot of people on fire. It's uh, really uh, sparked up the, uh, the Kitster movement, the Where's Kitster movement. Um, you know, it's getting to the point where I don't even have to ask where Kitster is anymore because he's now everywhere. StarWars.com, of course, jumping on Kitster, making him their staff avatar. Uh, now Kitster <laughs> featured digitally as a Topps trading card on the uh, Card Trader app. And, and, and not only that, Jim, but the official Star Wars uh, app that was released for, uh, I believe, iOS and Android devices. Um, they have different skins you can use, different avatars you can use. So if you choose for the the app to be running in dark side mode or light side mode or or uh, uh, what else is there? I think there's, there's, there's another faction droid, there. Droid. Droid, yeah. droid mode. But if you're in light side mode, you can pick Kitster. You can pick Kitster. So, you know, they're among... Luke Skywalker, Yoda, Chewbacca. You get Kitster just out of nowhere. Hey, let let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. This is no coincidence, okay? You know, they heard you chanting, where's Kitster, at the last three Star Wars celebrations. Someone finally opened up their ears and said, you know, there must be something to this Kitster business after all. (laughs) So, I mean, you know how many people have laughed at me when I asked the question, where's Kitster? I remember in the early days, people said, where's Kitster? Why would you care where Kitster is? And I'd say, I don't have an answer for that. But, (laughs) (laughs) But here we are, all these years later, and now Kitster is everywhere. And I I just want to thank all of my steadfast staunch and loyal members of the Kitster, the Where's Kitster movement. I can't even remember what we called our our movement. 
the Where's Kitster movement. Now you can get a Kitster digital trading card. I never thought I'd live to see the day. This is fantastic. He's a, he's a, a Topps insert. Uh, what do they call the, the Kitster inserts? It doesn't matter. About 50 people traded him to me over the last 24 <laughs> hours at the, at the Rebel Force radio account, and then I promptly traded them all away. So, except for one. I did save one for myself for the Rebel Force Radio uh, account. And, of course, you can trade with us on the, uh, if you have a, an account on the Star Wars Card Trader app. You can trade for us. Just look for Rebel Force Radio and, uh, and uh, give us your Kitster cards. No, please don't. Don't, don't <laughs> give us. And we're only trading our doubles, too. Dupes only go out the door. I, just, I should say that. But it's a lot of fun. It's, it's, so, uh, it's so addicting. Star Wars Card Trader app. Check it out. Go where you get apps for your smartphone and get hooked up with the Star Wars Card Trader. All right. As I said, we've got uh, Rebel Force Radio correspondent Steel Saunders is joining us right now with his recap of San Diego Comic Con. Uh, hey, Steel. Good evening, you guys. Steel, how are you? Steel. Oh, good. <laughs> hey, Jason. Steel. Hey, Jimmy. How are you doing? Steel. Hey, man. Welcome to Rebel Force Radio. Saunders. He's Steel Saunders. You are uh, quite crafty with that mixing board. I do uh, what I we... can. Yeah, this is the show, man. You're about oh, to ask, the... is this it? Are we doing this it? it? This is it. Oh, my God. I'm this on is the it. podcast. We, actually, we were, just, we were just talking about everything that went down in Hall H and the big Star Wars Force Awakens panel and the news coming out of Comic-Con is that it stole the show. Despite Batman v Superman, despite everything else that was shown, this was the highlight of the whole thing. And you were actually there. So tell us what it was like to be in the room. First of all, how long did you wait in line? Well, first of all, I have to correct you, Jason. It Uh didn't steal the show. It stole my life. It was... (laughs) A couple of the the most fun, greatest days. It was just, it was so great to be a Star Wars fan. And like perfect, I'd go with perfect. They really, like the the fans and and JJ and and all the cast, it was, it was amazing. I like everyone just came out, like just the joy of it all was amazing crazy but to answer your question i was in line for maybe a day and a half i i had some friends that had um were kind enough to do a two-night sleep out and vouch for me for the first night now wait a minute you're 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 like a you're like a deal you know i mean you're a you're an influential podcaster you're a comedian (laughs) you're an all-around entertainer they made you wait in line i saw the likes of steve sansweet and gus lopez in the line oh see that was all for show (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no. Steve's Steve's posh tour bus was uh, from Rancho Obi Wan was behind the building. There, you didn't see that. There's, no, that's amazing. That's amazing, Gus and Steve. So, um, all things being equal, everybody was waiting in line. So, you had some friends that were saving a place for you, uh, mm-hmm. but you also you sweated out with them, huh? Yeah. So we did the uh, the last night. You know, we got there in the afternoon and, and did the final night's camp out and just. Like just little things like the thrill of getting your wristband. It was like that was a celebration. Uh, getting moved under the tents. We becoming from the next day line to <laughs> that day line. Like these were so all little the milestones things. that were marking your journey. 
It was like a reverse Chinese water torture of joy. <laughs> That's what people often say that about this show, actually. <laughs> right. Uh, we have some iTunes reviews that say that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, no, I, I said reverse water torture. Oh, 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 oh reverse. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that separates it from us then. But uh, yeah. we went to we, – we slept out and it was very nice on, on the green grass and we were woken – in the morning at about 5.30. And I, I have to say, Star Wars fans, not only are they some of the best, some of the kindness, and they're also some of the best snorers in fandom. Oh, I know. I, I, I've bunked with Jimmy Mack. <laughs> so I know. <laughs> that is true. About how Star Wars fans snore. Say it we, loud, we, say it proud. Oh, yes. Yeah, snore it loud, snore it proud. We, yes. we, I podcasted. I did a live sort of blog podcast all the way through Comic-Con that I'm still working through uploading. And one of the episodes has been dubbed the Snorecast as, uh, <laughs> as we're whispering while everyone sleeps. You can hear just a lot of snoring in the background. It's, uh, you know, hey, it's, it's like the denizens of Jabba's Palace, you know, when... Um, well, they, we're, we're get- snoring there first. Yeah, so. yeah, we're, we're, we're getting a lot of fan oh, input okay. into the new film. You know, we've got R2-D2 builders that are making droids. And I think mm-hmm. maybe JJ or uh, Ben Burt could get some of this snoring in, uh, <laughs> in Maz's uh, castle. That would be fantastic to involve that. But, um, Wookiee or something, maybe a new Wookiee sound, you know, sort of like snoring Wookiee. Hey, Sick. let me ask you this question. So all these Star Wars fans are waiting. They're, they're camping out. Did you guys, were you pitching tents? Were there sleeping bags or were you just all sprawled out there? There was a rule against tents, uh, but a lot of us had sleeping bags and fold-out chairs. Uh, a few people had fold-out chairs with little roofs. But once we got into the the, the from the next day line to the other line, we were underneath the uh, kind of iconic fandom Hall H line tent. So it was, it was actually quite a – it was a really fun camp out. It was like going back to school in school camp, except at other school camps, we didn't get woken up at 5.30 in the morning and then have a delivery from J.J. Abrams of uh, coffee and donuts. Donuts? What which, kind of donuts were they? Were they like the chocolate ones with the sprinkles? They were Oreos from Dunkin' Donuts. Oreo. Oreo, oh, Oreo donuts. Interesting. I'm going to have to try and one JJ. of those. And, and I, I didn't have I, – I, I let the team down. I didn't have the collector mentality to keep my donut. But I did keep a little sachet of Dunkin' Donut sugar, which is my little <laughs> JJ sugar. Well, they, so they gave you coffee. Yeah. JJ was making those donuts at 3 a.m., you know, getting them out there. Ready for uh, everybody in line. I, I don't appreciate your cynicism there, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> then, well, you I'm should only have, cynical because I wasn't there, of course. You shouldn't <laughs> listen to this show much longer if you're tiring of Jason's cynicism already. <laughs> this is going to be a short interview. <laughs> oh, man. But, well, let's see if we want to be positive. How, how good is that delayed uh, Force Awakens book release schedule? That is, uh, that's a real positive, I think. Oh, yeah, that's positive. We're not going to yeah. jump into that right now. <laughs> hey, Steele, let's stay in Hall H now, okay? So um, so you're out there, you're waiting, you're waiting, uh, you say, for a day and a half, and then when you finally make it into that arena that holds about 6,500 people, did you still have the energy for the panel at that point? How was the general demeanor of the crowd? Well, that's the thing. People would be falling asleep in the line, and then when something happened, that little an extra drop of joy, everyone would just wake up and cheer again. And to walk into the whole H where you knew in, you know, f- 
what was it, maybe five, six, eight hours, I, 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 my, my time had been totally lost, that, that, that Star Wars history was going to be made and we were in there, you know, I'm from Australia, the other side of the world, it's, it, was, it was phenomenal, like there was, it was, Hall H that morning was the home of Goosebumps, it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was really great and, and, you know, a lot of the fans uh, slept through a few of the panels. It was. I was going to ask who were the who were the guys that went ahead of you or ahead of Star Wars. Okay, there was the animation spectacular, which actually it was just animation from all around the world that was sponsored by Disney, and and that was that was really sweet. There was some great little animation shorts. Uh, then we had Walking Dead which was not a tribute to the Star Wars fans that had camped out. It's actually a TV program, I found out. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, and then that was followed by Fear of the Walking Dead, which is not a tribute to someone trying to push in in the line. It's actually a spin-off of the other program I just found out about. Right. So they, wait a minute, these poor guys, these Walking Dead guys, like they, they had to present in front of... 6,500 rabid Star Wars fans. I mean, were, 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 they, were you surrounded by Walking Dead fans? Were, no. were they able to get in, or was the whole was Hall H a home to Star Wars for that day? It definitely had the fans. I interviewed one guy who was a Walking Dead. No, he was a Game of Thrones fan, and he said that they did have to add, I think, an extra 18 hours to their usual Comic-Con wait line. <sighs> But you know, he, see, Jim, this is why we don't go to Comic Con. Yeah, <laughs> we're not yeah. we're not used to that. We wouldn't last in the line. Jason <laughs> certainly would not. We would lose Swank the first day. Oh yeah, I would wander off. He would. He would <laughs> it would be like that movie Alive, where we all just start feasting on each other's I'd limbs. Be like, How long have we been here, Jimmy? Be like eighteen minutes. <laughs> he's oh, he's I, starving I, to death. The, the donuts just weren't enough for him. The the excitement actually. It made it go so fast. I, it, it sounds like a horrible thing, and it was, it was, it was so positive. There was no grumbling. It was, you know, people. The, one of the hilarious things was during one of the panels. They have, you know, it's so well set up. They got these giant screens, and when a uh, a fan asks a question, they end up on the giant screen getting filmed. And in the panel before Star Wars, which is sort of like an entertainment weekly celebration of new heroes, which they had, you know, various male actors that were doing uh, hero roles in programs. In the background on the big screen, when someone asked a question, uh, there was a fan just asleep. Uh, and, and, they, and they were blown up into 20 foot high. That was their Jumbotron uh, bit of fame. So I wonder what they were dreaming about then. Be- <laughs> dreaming about Star Wars. So, all right, I got to ask. So, um, you know, we, we've, a lot of us have already seen the, the video of the panel that's been out. Jimmy and I, we, we just talked about it. So you guys come out, or, or, or you know, they set the stage for the panel. They don't put the name cards on the table. So beyond... Uh, Lawrence Kasdan, JJ, and Kathleen Kennedy. The rest was a surprise. Were there rumors? Were there murmurs, whispers going through the line throughout the day and a half? Oh, I heard so and so. I heard so and so was going to be here. Or was it really um, as much of a surprise as it seemed? A lot of Star Wars fans, for some reason, were really interested in medical reports and, and the healing power of the human foot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and was, sternum and everything else that was broken. Yeah, so um, it was 
there was a few rumors. I, Daisy and uh, John Boyega had made an appearance at the Lucasfilm Pavilion. They had um, the speeder from the teaser that I think there was at Celebration also. That was yeah. like a photo opportunity at yeah. the Lucasfilm booth. And so those guys, being big Star Wars fans, went down there and got a photo taken in front of the speeder. So we'd seen that. Um, I had a friend that was doing makeup uh, in the hotel where they all, like all the guests for Hall H are, and she said, do you want to know? And I was like, nah, I'm, I'm here. Let's, <laughs> let's see what happens. Let's see what happens, happens. And you're right in saying that, that they had the big table that was the same length for the entire day. So you couldn't do any detective work with they're extending it for extra guests or it's shorter. So they brought out, they, they had the, uh, the production team, Kathleen, uh, Lawrence or Larry, we're all friends now, and uh, <laughs> JJ. And I have to say that the JJ does an amazing uh, Lawrence Kasdan impression. <laughs> Doesn't he? Wasn't that was uh, great? Yes, that was great. <laughs> That was it, it was amazing. And then, yeah, so they, as they brought everyone out, it was a real, you know, you knew that everyone was thinking, they were counting chairs. And really, I have to, and, and when I say the day was perfect, I, I, I mean it in every way. They had everyone out there, bar Harrison Ford, and there was no microphones left. So all the microphones were on little stands so you could see, you know, Mark took the last spot and that's it. There's no microphones left. There was a little bit of table left but no microphone. And, you know, we were, you know, no one wanted to say it or ask someone else about it. And I actually saw there was actually a, you know, when Mark was answering a question, you could see a microphone off, not on a stand, but just lying on the table. Mm. And I was like, oh, this, is, is that a spare? Is that a backup? Or is that all my dreams come true? Because I just wanted to see, my thing was like, show me new footage or show me Harrison Ford and it will all be worth it. It will all be worth it. And I have to say, when they showed the behind the scenes clip, um, which all of a sudden, Six and a half thousand people were cutting onions in Hall H. It was like, how good was that, guys? You guys must have already talked about it. Talked yeah. about it, but like the way JJ and Disney and Lucasfilm are showing us stuff without spoiling, but just sparking our imagination. It's like it. It is. Is this rollout going to be studied in marketing courses for years to come? Because. Man, I could not be any more on board. Now, you know, still, you, you say people, people and, were getting emotional during the uh, behind-the-scenes reel. Uh, what was it? What, was there any particular visual that set people off? Was it the very end when, when Harrison Ford sat down in the cockpit? I think it was a lot earlier than that. Just hearing Mark Hamill's voiceover talk so passionately about it, People I started think. crying, huh? Well, I'll tell you what. There, yeah. was, there was one moment when I burst into tears, and that was when uh, Simon frickin' Pegg showed up on the screen. <laughs> Let me tell you. I actually, you know, I was very locked into the clip and the experience, but 
to your credit, guys, when he popped up on screen, my head did start to write some uh, Rebel Force Radio fan fiction about how you guys would react to that. <laughs> how we'd react to it. Wow. It's but become- he, I, it does look like you're not going to see his face, Jimmy. So, it, it, you know, you've got that in... That that you know to to their credit, it looks like he's he's going to be a masked character. So but you're still in San Diego I, right now? No, I'm actually in LA. You're in LA, yeah. And, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah heard the, so, the, uh, uh, John and Ponch from the Chips team were apparently uh, <laughs> racing by your apartment just now. I think the Force Awakens. What it's going to do is oh wow! <laughs> Here comes the rest there, of the SWAT team. There's a now there's a fire engine coming past to douse my excitement. I think it's. Uh, <laughs> Like you, you shouldn't be that happy as a full, fully grown adult, Steel. We're going to hose you down for a bit. I, I think The Force Awakens is, is going to bind Star Wars fandom back together. I, I think, you know, there, there's, there's been a bit of a split. Uh, people have been, you know, negative about the prequels. Uh, some people love the prequels and, you know, they grew up with that and they find the original trilogy old, old hat. I, I think this film is is really going to unify Star Wars fandom. Or if it doesn't, and it doesn't live up to the hype, and our expectations will be all marching on San Francisco with uh, pitchforks. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, that's quite but, the editorial there, Steele. Let's get back <laughs> to Hall H, um, and let's and, talk okay, about... So I want I'll, you to... I'll, I'll I want you to uh, hold on. I want you to, to, to describe the feeling that rushed through you and the rest of the people in the room when Harrison Ford walked out on stage and you guys realized that you were seeing the reunion of the big three actors from the original trilogy for the first time since the mid-80s. It was just just your dreams come true. Do you know what I mean? I, I've been a Star Wars fan you know, for, for three decades now. And, you know, those three characters mean so much to me. And I've, I've never seen Mark in person talk before. I went to see Carrie's show when she was in Melbourne and man, she killed at, at the panel. She was so funny and Mark was so passionate. And Chris Hardwick asked JJ about how Harrison's doing. And my fiance, Jacqueline, she was very disappointed because she actually thought, Chris's uh, concern was real, but Chris is a, a stand-up comedian, as, as I am, and I can tell some Seinfeld-esque bad acting when I see it. <laughs> and as soon as he asked that faux-concerned question, I was just like, <laughs> it's on. Let's go. Yeah, Let's right. go. And he, he came out, the whole crowd stood, I was high-fiving. I was hugging people I'd lined up with. I was high-fiving people I never even realized were in the room just around me. It was, it was just jubilation. And I tell you what, you guys, you know, we don't know Harrison Ford, but we, our public persona of him as, as Star Wars fans is that he's a bit of an old curmudgeon. You know, he's a, he is, you know, what maybe what Han Solo would, you know, hokey religions and all that stuff. But when he came out, and oh man, he is looking good. He is looking good. I would, I tell you what, I'm as heterosexual as they come, but I'd let him <laughs> raid my ark any day. Okay. <laughs> and when he came out and he sat down and he went to talk, and we sort of, you know, we were just ovation. And he's never been, to my knowledge, you know, since 1983 in front of a pure Star Wars 
fan crowd. And to see Harrison, like, in his eyes get a bit choked up and then make that makes us choked up, it was, it was you know, I, I, and I, I think for him, he's, you know, getting to the end of his career and he did say Star Wars was, you know, that's what started his career after he, you know, he was out of acting and we all know the story that he was doing carpentry and stuff. And... For him, I you know, and I, I'm projecting, but for him, you know, the circle, you know, is now complete and he's back there. And I think it must mean something to him for this thing that has, and he did mention it, he didn't know, you know, he thought it would come back to haunt him, not bless him the way it has. But it, it must be something to see this thing that you did just gives people such pure joy and you have to embrace that even if you want to move on to these other characters and stuff that what you did has, you know, like, do you know what I mean? Like we were all having simply the best day, you know, one of the best days of our lives and him being there was a big part of that. I must say though, when they did play that behind the scenes clip, they could have said that's it and I would have walked out quite content and what the time I put in to get there would have been fine. But to have... You know, I, I felt like it was a bit of copyright infringement. You know, I, I do a, a Star Wars podcast and it's pretty comedy related. To have Carrie, Mark and Harrison up there riffing about uh, incest in the Skywalker family. <laughs> <laughs> that was, you know, talk about fan service. Wow. Yeah. It, was, it was just incredible. Even Gwendolyn Christie, you know, she has, has commented on, on Twitter and, and that how blown away she was by the passion of the Star Wars fans. And when, you know, someone said, you know, you're in Game of Thrones and on the panel and she said, game of what or game of who, which, you know, got, got a massive, uh, you know, applause. So it's, you know, it's... They get it. it, it they incredible. get it that, they, that this is something magical and, uh, and very special d- despite, you know, what other accolades and, you know, career m- moments that they've had, which I think that's so great about this younger generation of, of actors that are uh, in this film uh, is the deference that they show. And it's not lost on them. That, that's for sure. I do want to ask, so uh, Harrison was, the, was what got people on their feet. Up to that point, there had not been a standing O for any of the folks coming out. I don't believe so. Um, not that, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm guessing a lot of those people were at Celebration mm-hmm. and, yeah. and they're, they're familiar, you know, they'd, they'd seen Carrie and Mark and, and they'd seen the, the three new heroes and it was, it was thrilling to have, you know, Adam Driver and uh, uh, Domino Gleeson and uh, Gwendolyn come out as well mm. and, and the things like, the things that Adam, Adam was very tight-lipped but what he did say i'm sure you guys have heard it was it was you know the perfect way you want someone who's evil to to be described that he doesn't think he's evil he's doing you know the right thing and he's doing you know the best thing for the galaxy and whatever that was um you know that was very positive but yeah it was harrison that got people on their feet i think maybe when the creature from the omaze uh video came out that was maybe the quietest time in the hall, just that people were so stunned by this creature and its nose twitching, all the little creatures in the back. Um, and I think maybe when he, he knocked over JJ's uh, name tag, that, mm, was, that, right. sort of, that sort of 
let everyone make noise again that you know some levity but that was wow what an uh, an amazing well, it, was, there, it was tense i mean it was tense i mean you had all the people up on the stage that were worried that that you know the performer the puppeteer was gonna you know hurt himself or herself and then but but as you say the the crowd was just drinking it all in um so then y- you think that it's over and then jj makes this announcement that you're all being treated to a, a star wars concert after waiting in line for 18 hours, or uh, you know a day and a half uh now you got to make this this trek what was that like all of you on mass exiting hall h and heading towards the uh the setup where the concert was well it was Initially, it was very confusing because the way they, you know, they they teased it. You know, do you like Star Wars music? Yeah, we like Star Wars music, and and that made me think that we were going to see. Oh, I'm sorry, here the a new piece of John Williams music to finish the panel, maybe with you know a little highlights package or something, which would have been, you know, more than I'd hoped for out of the panel. I was done. Do you know what I mean? I was yeah, sure. I was ready to go, but when they explained and. You know, at, at Comic-Con, there's, there's two sides of Comic-Con. There's the fun, you know, the camaraderie and the memories. And then there's the, the sort of darker materialistic side. And we'd heard stories at, at various toy companies of, of people getting their arms broken and, you know, kind of nasty stuff. They really did get across when they announced it that everyone can come. It doesn't matter when you get out of the hall. We've made it so everyone can get in. That's Just- a great point, Steele, because I, you know, when I was watching it, I thought, wow, they are really, you know, they kept going over the safety points. No pushing, no shoving. And I, I'm, I was watching this. I'm like, geez, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of odd. But you're right. When you put it in perspective with some of those stories, those, those you know, rushing the lines to the, to the vendors in the morning, um, it all starts to make sense. Back to that word, perfect. Yeah, very perfect. And yeah. they um and and for me that was Star Wars fans' Oprah moment to realize <laughs> that we're all right. going to this concert like that again. We were we were so tired like from sleeping out. I'd only had a couple hours sleep. You know, a lot of us were sunburnt, and then we'd just used all our adrenaline in the last hour, and then. Let's kick it back up again. And it was back to standing up, hugging, clapping, you know, taking photos of us all like cheering and so happy. And also, I couldn't, and I think a lot of people in the audience couldn't believe it was happening. Like, we'd had all our hopes like ticked off during the panel. And now our, this was beyond my wildest dreams. No one was going into the panel going, I hope there's a really big Star Wars concert after this. Otherwise, uh, I'm not sure this is going to be worth it, you know. And we all got given a laminate on the way out. And again, I, I, there's such positivity and like I, it, it's, it's really, you know, Star Wars fans, uh, you know, full credit to them. Everyone walked really slow Everyone was happy. People, like I was talking, I would have talked, had conversations. Like at the line, it did take a while to get around the corner to the the Bayside concert venue. And I talked to maybe 50 different people that I'd never met before, just 
you know, just talking about what did you love? How's this? Can you believe this is happening? Um, Daisy Ridley was waving to everyone in the loading bay and people getting photos with her and uh, VIP cars were driving past with the cars sort of yelling out and, and cheering us. We were cheering back. And then once we got in, and this is, again, I have to use the word perfect. My battery was on 4% on my iPhone. <laughs> Verizon were at the gate handing out iPhone charges to people. Oh, nice. So I'm, I'm back to 100. Wow. That's Perfect. unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And then we all had – our laminate had a little rip-off uh, perforated thing at the bottom and you could go to this giant booth and you got a complimentary light-up saber from Hasbro with a little limited edition um, Star Wars 1977-2015 little sticker on it. Cool. So you had 6,500 amped-up Star Wars fans – watching an orchestra play John Williams' classics holding up sabers. And again, credit to Star Wars fans. They play a, uh, an, like a, a dark side theme, only red sabers up. Hmm. How good's that? And oh, this is the thing. Before the concert started, they had like a DJ playing and everyone was like dancing to the, uh, the DJ. And... The whole cast came out. JJ thanked us for coming and, and, and hoped we enjoyed the concert. The last person I ever thought I would see on the planet holding up a <laughs> toy lightsaber, <laughs> grinning like an idiot, was Harrison Ford. Wow. And there he was. And he was <laughs> hugging Mark Hamill, just having the best time and – it was incredible. Then we got a message from John Williams saying, hey, guys, I wish I could be there, but I'm working on this new score. But these guys, they're the best in the business. You're going to have a great time. And then we enjoyed maybe like 10 tracks all synced up with uh, corresponding montages from the film. And then they played, I think it was the main theme and a massive fireworks display maybe the thing that made it not perfect was the fireworks weren't dropped out of passing x-wings but nice. you know yes you, what are you gonna do what are you gonna what, do next what time are you gonna do <laughs> but i i i was speaking um I, I did a quick little interview with david collins a few days later i bumped into him and he said that what he heard that that fireworks just shut down comic-con like you know this party's all through san diego and he was telling me a very funny story that he heard there's this walking dead experience where you run through all these beat up cars and walkers chase you and it's you know very intense for the fans and when the fireworks were going off they were so loud that both walkers and oh. fans alike just stopped <laughs> and looked up at it I, they break character the zombies yeah. even are like oh, man star wars <laughs> oh god that's awesome we actually talked we somehow bumped into a stage manager of the uh, orchestra uh, after the show and she had said that this had been in plans for about six months and and jj worked really hard to get it done and and keep it top secret and make sure it was a beautiful experience for the fans and I, like one of the i just i just couldn't believe it happened and i couldn't believe how perfect it was handled and how friendly everyone was and it, it was it was really a great day and and you know hats off 
lightsabers down to Lucasfilm and Disney and J.J. Abrams and Bad Robot for like one of the greatest days in Star Wars fandom ever, i got to say, guys. Wow. And I want to give a, a shout-out to two guys from Lucasfilm who are friends of ours, Chris Argaropoulos and Este Meza. They had a lot to do with uh, the development of this incredible event and uh, the execution of it. And so I think a, a big uh, round of applause should be had for those two gentlemen as well. Wow, what a great time. Oh, by the way, the, uh, the lightsaber and the laminate that they handed out to everyone currently going out on eBay for around a hundred bucks for the pair, so uh, so wouldn't if, give mine away for the world. No, mate. you know, and, <laughs> you know what? I don't even want to own one because I feel like that it doesn't have any value to me since I didn't attend the event it, itself. You know, I don't have any sort of personal connection to it. But if you did go to it and you don't want to keep yours, because you could send it to me, care of Rebel Force Radio. <laughs> no, but um, I've, I've got an interesting footnote for you guys. Now, um, if you, of course, would have reported on it that uh, Kevin Smith did a set visit oh, to yes. uh, the episode seven and maybe was a little bit talkative about it. Well, I think JJ thinks that revenge is best served cold, <laughs> hot level cold, because six and a half thousand people left Hall H, a room that people line up overnight to get into. And coming up next, Kevin Smith panel. Yeah. <laughs> Hello? And Hello? <laughs> is anyone out there? Is, is, is Jay here? Jay isn't even here? What? Oh. <laughs> Empty. Talk about Silent Bob. Silent <laughs> Hall H. Silent Hall H, exactly. But that is funny, man. So you think that was a, 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 that was a personal uh, attack on Kevin Smith from J.J.? Uh, he, he, he definitely orchestrated this to make sure that no one would be there to hear Kevin Smith do his panel. That might be stretching it a little bit, but I'm sure it made him feel a little less bad about it. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, thank you so much. I can't thank you enough for... Uh, I feel like I was there now, having watched the video online, talked about it with Jimmy, and then hearing about it from you, Steele. It was just, uh, just awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank oh, you. It's for an honor the to time. contribute to the show, you guys. It's, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's a real thrill to be on the show. And uh, thank you guys for uh, keeping us, you know, in Australia and around the world in the loop with what's going on in Star Wars. Oh uh, yeah, man. I, 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 uh, I love Australian people. I can't wait. I want to go to Australia so badly. Um, so I'm a, I'm a big fan. My wife's a big fan of uh, your neck of the world, and we're hoping to get there at some point. So, Yeah, right. You and your no, wife I'm gonna do it. getting I'm, on a I'm plane. Do it. It's on the bucket list. <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. It's only 18 hours. I Man, think you won't, even, you won't even make it to Disney World. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I think talking to steel is as close. Talking to steel is as close as you're ever going to get to Australia. No, I, my no, I, you know, it's one of those, one, it's one of those uh, promises. I, <laughs> I got I to I gotta do it. I, I have no choice. Steel, how can people uh, check you out? Okay, well, we did, a, we did what I call a blog pod all the way through uh, San Diego Comic-Con. So it is actually, we're getting a lot of great feedback. My podcast is called Steel Wars, which is S-T-E-E-L-E, uh, then Wars. And it's like you're there. We podcasted through the sleep out. We podcasted in Hall H while we're waiting for the panel to go. We've got some little clips from the panel with 
audience reactions. You hear a lot of, oh, and ahs from me. And then the insane jubilation from the concert. Uh, we, we podcasted all the way through up until Sunday night. So it is like you're at Comic Con, but you just have to do exactly what I want to do. And we've got other episodes. We just did a really great episode with Darren Hayes. Normally, the podcast is sort of long form interviews uh, with interesting Star Wars fans. And the episode before that, we did one with Jimmy Mack, which was uh, a fantastic chat, Jimmy. And one that I think people would be very interested in is episode 34 and it's with a guy called Angus Truscott and at age 15 he did work experience on the set of Star Wars episode 2 Attack of the Clones in Sydney and if you think letting a 15 year old boy on the set of a Star Wars film might be a bad idea you'd you'd be right (laughs) it's an insane story that uh, I think he didn't want to tell for about 10 years. So I think the, the he can't be uh, put into court for the things that he did and uh, the items that he may now uh, have. <laughs> well, Steele, make sure you get those uh, links over to us. We'll put them up on our Facebook page because uh, I certainly want to listen to those. You know, I love to hear Jimmy Mack. And, uh, <laughs> I and also, I'd love to give a shout out. Like, you know, it's... People say, why go to these events when you can watch them online? And it's, it's not about that. It's about the experience, the, the goosebumps, and, and more importantly, the, the friends and the memories you have. And I just want to give a shout out to the guys who hung with me in the line. You know, I barely knew any of them you know, 24 hours prior. And, you know, I'm pretty sure we're going to be great friends for the rest of our lives. We can't wait to meet up again at Star Wars events and fan events. And so get out there, you guys. And, you know, the internet is great for hearing podcasts and, and, and checking websites. But, like, experiencing it with other people and interacting, I, I sort of think, is what being a Star Wars fan is all about. So uh, thanks to those guys. And uh, thanks, you guys, for being our Star Wars friends uh, year-round. Thank you, man. Yeah, thanks Steel, a lot, Steel. Appreciate it. Awesome. I'll see you guys soon. All right, bud. Bye. Bye-bye. And I didn't tell you my Liam Neeson story. <laughs> you have a Liam Neeson. Let's save it for next time. You know, I, I, actually, I can't say it on the show. I'll have to tell you when we wrap up here. You'll just have to use your imagination, oh, folks. Something tells me it's going to be massive. Yeah, it sure is. Sure is. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. He's having a heart attack. So well. He's well, having I'm, a heart attack. Yeah. Um <laughs> Everything was going so well up until up until that point. No, I've had this, you know, we've had this beautiful summer weather where it's been a, you know, a balmy 55 degrees and rain uh, every day, it seems like. <laughs> and I just can't get over this uh, this hack I got. But uh, uh, we'll do our best. Big thanks to our sponsors this week. Uh, Tops, make sure you check out the Top Star Wars Card Trader app available for your smartphone. Harrys.com. Uh, make sure you use the promo code RFR. Our good friends at Dorkside Toys, as always, uh, I just ordered a heap bunch of 
new stuff and got it delivered within about four days from Dorkside Toys, the latest two um, uh, waves of figures from the, the the Black Series. Not not to Slave Leia. <laughs> not to Slave Leia 6-inch. Uh, get God yours knows. now. By the way, Jim, they're yeah. sold everywhere, even online. No. Even online, not uh, just here in, in, in Pittsburgh. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't got time for that kind of crap. And, of course, Little Debbie Snack Cakes. Um, they've been with us for such a long time. We love those guys. Um, if you'd like to play with us in between shows and sound off, about one or more topics that we've brought up here on the program, you can do so. Show at rebelforceradio.com. That's the email address. The voicemail, you can leave us uh, the number to call, 708-320-1737. That's 708-320-1RFR. You can also uh, chat with us on Twitter. Follow along with us there at Rebel Force Radio, at Jimmy Mac Radio, at Jason Swank. We're also available on Facebook, iTunes. You can subscribe and review all the shows here. We put out on the Rebel Force Radio feed all the Star Wars-themed podcast content. Um, and as I said, you can review. We do appreciate those, re- those reviews. Just one rule. Make them good. Follow along with us there at rebelforceradio.com, the official website for all things and everything Rebel Force Radio. And uh, all the other programming that uh, Jimmy puts together can be found at shotglassdigital.com, including Bondcast, which I'm on. And there's just a whole bunch of other great stuff there at shotglassdigital.com and uh, we appreciate the likes on that Facebook page as well and uh, as w- as a reminder you can also listen to Rebel Force Radio streamed online at srsounds.com it's a Sorcerer's Radio internet radio station srsounds.com uh, this has been tons of fun what a great great event to share with all of you uh, all of us as Star Wars fans, this is a, a, a week long remembered in the history of Star Wars. And we're just beginning. This is just the beginning of what is going to be years of events like this. But perhaps, maybe not quite like this, the reunion of the big three. Uh, I didn't think we'd ever see it. Finally saw it. How sweet it was. Great to share it with you, Jim. Oh, it was awesome. And uh, we'll be back next time here on Rebel Force Radio. Love you all so much. For Rebel Force Radio, I'm Jason. And I'm Jimmy Mack. And remember... The Force will be with you. Always. That is a wrap. That's it.